MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to more to it, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally, that dude. Y'all know how we start every show. Well, what's up with that dude? Well, you can hear it in my voice, right? First game of our basketball season. And for our little team, we're the Lakers this year. Sorry. (laughs) Well, my assistant coach, who is now like really my head coach, uh, Jesse Buss. Yeah, one of the Lakers owners and his son, little man. Little Jake to the mwah, my little dog. Uh, He a beast. Um, Yeah. We got a squad. Um, but you hear it in my voice. I can't help myself. I see a kid that needs some coaching, needs some life lessons, know that he got to turn his engine on as soon as he crosses that line and gets on that court. Uh, I got to yell it because he can't hear me if I whisper. <laughs> and I'm not yelling at him. I'm yelling to him. Hey, man, keep going. Like, you know, these kids, they, they get the ball stolen. They just sit there, look at their palms or blame the ball. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. You better go get back on defense. You better give some effort, right? So um, it's funny because I I've really like took a step back and it started with my voice. I can't lie. But two, um, Jesse knows more basketball than me. Let's just say <laughs> But three, um, I like how he coaches. Um, and four, he's a great friend. And five, um, I got football and it's like, I don't know. It's just a shared experience now. I let them run the drills and run the practices and coaching it. Like I just, I, for real, I was masquerading as a basketball coach. Really. I'm over here being a, a, a basketball counselor. Like I was telling the kids basketball, but in reality, I was trying to coach them up in life. And then I got a real coach basically. And I was like, let him do it, man. He, he's good. He's a good dude. And, um, it feels a little weird. Can't lie to y'all. Y'all can hear it in my voice. You can hear it in my spirit. And I'm like, damn, I'm taking a step back. I'm taking a seat back. <laughs> oh, man, back seat. Man. But as long as we keep rolling and doing it the right way and the team is winning, 
I ain't mad with it. After that, I uh, went and played tennis again. Consecutive weekends, I played tennis with my man, Dr. Scott Cohen. Yeah, um, let's just say that didn't go as well. <laughs> Let me stop. I, I mean, tennis is played out to me anyway, unless I'm watching it. I can't play tennis no more, and I don't think it's as good as pickleball. Why? Because pickleball, no matter how sorry you are, how good you are, oh, we could play. I mean, I could be sorry, and you could be a beast. And you're going to wear me out, but it's going to be a more fun wear out. Like, you're going to – we're going to have more fun. It's going to be funner. Like, you know what I mean? More gooder, as they say. <laughs> like, tennis, is somebody good? Ace. Like, I mean, ball went by you. I don't even know. Like, what? Hit the net. Ah. Now your racket looking like John McEnroe grabbed it, and it's like all beat up. And he just – man, tennis is hard, and it's bigger, and it's just hard on the body. But I do it because Scott likes it, and two – uh, my heart likes it. It is better. It's a better workout. Pickleball gets you going now. Don't trip, Crip. Um, but at the same time, it is a different animal when it comes to tennis. So I did it for the heart rate. Plus, um, after that, we both go into a birthday party for our boy, Sebastian Maniscalco. Y'all know the comedian. Hilarious. He's turning 50. So we about to pound him. So I was like, nah, I got to get a real workout. In. I got to get flat. I got to get the six pack flat. Um, that I don't have, and then I could go drink it up and get my beer belly. So uh, we went and party, and um, we're going to get it in. All right, man, let's change tone drastically and talk about a suspect in the mass shooting that left five dead as he fired randomly at victims, the Philadelphia police say. This is, this is interesting. These kind of people are out here, y'all. Just got to let you know. We learn and unlearn on this show. All right, suspect in the mass shooting that left five dead was firing randomly at his victims, wearing a bulletproof vest and a ski mask. Wow. He was firing randomly at victims in their vehicles and pedestrians in southwest Philly. Wow. He wounded two others and killed five. So the police commissioner told reporters armed and armored assailant was firing seemingly at random people, including a mother driving her twins home. What happened last night was an unimaginably disgusting and horrifying. So the man accused of fatally shooting five people told police in some and substance that he carried out the attack to clean up the neighborhood. Two law enforcement sources told reporters and the victims were between 15 and 59 years old, a 15 year old dead, 20 year old dead, 29 year old dead, 31 year old dead, 59 year old dead, two, two year olds, a 13 year old and a 33 year old also injured. Okay. So he posted something while they were doing the investigation. He since deleted the social media page believed to belong to the accused government. Someone did. Um, he's a 40-year-old man by the name of Kim Brady Carricker that includes a series of posts about guns, the Second Amendment, and the loss of freedoms. Mm. Most recent public post on the social media page was made, and it showed a video advertisement for Tactical Weapons Accessories Company. Video shows a man in tactical gear holding what appears to be a military-style rifle. Uh, the only thing more terrifying than blindness is being the only one who can see he posted that same day. Also, other witnesses said that he had been exhibiting abnormal behavior for quite a while. So what's the onus of those witnessing that abnormal behavior? Obviously, it's something you got to tell this whole snitches get stitches and no snitching and I can't help nobody. 
we've had enough stories on this show alone that says when you smell something, tell somebody else it stinks over there. All right. Just that simple. You can call the police on me. If you think I'm wilding, call the police on me. I'm going to tell you why. Because when they come over here, I'm going to explain everything. And they'll be like, oh, he good. Because I ain't got nothing to hide. I'm not doing anything. It's not to me intrusive to ask me questions. It's not intrusive to me to say, yo, people are saying this crazy stuff going on. What crazy stuff? Oh, man, stop. This is the explanation for that. Oh, okay. All good. All right. So officers arrested Carriker during a chase on foot, and he had an AR-style rifle, 9 millimeter handgun, a scanner that tracks emergency response radio traffic, and was wearing a bulletproof vest and ski mask. Authorities said it appears only the rifle was fired during a rampage. Wow. Both the AR and a 9 millimeter gun in his possession were privately made weapons known as ghost guns, y'all. Y'all heard of them. The firearms didn't have any markings and are not traceable. Kits from which the guns are made are sold online without the buyer needing a background check and without serial numbers on the parts. That's where we are now, y'all. You can just make a gun. You can literally make a gun, use it, and then they can't even track it, trace it. No serial numbers, etc. So in a court hearing, Carriker was arraigned on charges of murder, attempted murder, assault, reckless endangerment, and weapons charges, and was ordered held without bail. He was not required to enter a plea. Nobody gives a damn what you think. Man, innocent till guilty. Uh, yeah, you know what? I always say that, except if you see somebody shooting up people, they are dead, and you arrest that sack person, you're not innocent. <laughs> like, what do we call that in, in the judicial system? I'm not talking to you and I. In the judicial system, that happened, right? This dude shot up all these people, killed them, they caught him. He's not innocent to proven guilty, is he? Wow, that's a great. That got to be a whole show. I don't even understand what to do with that one. The shooting is one of at least 350 mass shootings in the U.S. so far, according to the Gun Violence Archive. And we define a mass shooting as which one or no, four or more people are shot, not including the shooter. Okay. Here's the thing. Um, I know some people are saying he's crazy and insane, right? But he's smart enough to go through all these precautions, but then crazy enough to actually do it. This is a new hybrid of insanity that we're dealing with. Um, I say new because all of these mechanisms in place, think about it, the defense tactics he has on the the uh, the, the bulletproof vest. And he made his own guns. Uh, he's been obviously researching this. So, you know, whatever you want to say about the cat, you can't say that exactly about his IQ or his intent or his research or his readiness and preparedness for this moment, which is a new strand, it feels like, of insanity because it's harder to detect these people. It's harder to find this per person. It's harder to put out the pre-search. It's always going to be the post-reaction to the incident if they're getting this sophisticated. Mm. So crazy because the only fix I can see seriously is the fix of reinforcing the value of life. And that needs to be replenished as a collective. And there's so many variables to it, whether you're saying your religion or whatever your higher beliefs are, we need to have that. Everyone should have a higher belief in themselves um, than just themselves. I believe that. And that's not necessarily religion, but religion takes that role, but you got to believe in more to you. If not, you're going to be a selfish dog. <laughs> um, and it, even if you don't believe in, like, I'm not talking about karma necessarily or God necessarily. I'm just saying, if you don't think there's more to this than just you and your existence, um, we got to have a conversation. And I would love to have that. Um, because you got to talk about family, right? 
and then your health, your wealth, um, your higher beliefs, et cetera, because that will bring us closer together. But the question is, how do you prevent these mass shootings? How do you respond to them? Like reading history, reading holy books, you know, the, the civilization of life. We we some killers. Human beings know how to tear up some stuff. And the way to prevent this is to mitigate it, right? The way to prevent this is to try to make sure that we're doing everything to undermine these opportunities for this to happen. So intelligence. Uh, but we as a collective community need to just get back to being a community um, to lower the numbers. It'll never go away, y'all. Let's stop lying to each other. We all cross our fingers and, you know, pray, do whatever we do to make sure we're not the one in harm's way. But I think we got to go one more step to make sure that the person next to you is not the one harming. Uh, I tell everyone now, you can build up this great existence and these, you know, Teflon walls of great education and higher education, Ivy League, and go to the league and uh, go be a VP, a CEO, teacher, whatever. You build your fort. You build your fortress. Whatever you think about life, you still have to coexist with those who may not have built their fort, may not have built their fortress. And now and that's where the conversation gets real. That's when you have to realize that there's more to it. That's why there's a higher being. That's why there's more to than just being yourself, because you have to live on this planet with others. And if you're sitting there at, in that divide of have and have nots, um, you got to make sure that that coexistence is done with appreciation and value. If not, the have nots are not going to feel as good. And have not is not just about finances. Oh, no. Rich people. What did that? The, the, the Silicon Valley um, execs stabbed the dude, stabbed a, another founder, killed him. Now, that was some love triangle stuff, they say. But the point is, you can have a lot of money and still do some crazy stuff. So let's just make sure we know what community really looks like and raise our hand to be a part of it. All right. So Lou Will shares his player advice, also admits that being in a polygamous relationship became very expensive. You think <laughs> everything that you do once, you got to do again, Lou Will. So he's not officially retired, which is wild. Though he's taking some time away from the game to be more present for his children and is wearing his executive hat in the music industry, currently working with Akeem Ali. All right. So the 36 year old, 18 years of professional basketball under his belt. Damn. A lot of knowledge to share with the youngsters. Right. Those who are out there just got drafted, especially. So in the era of social media, he encouraged new draftees to be situationally aware and to understand their value. Three times, not one, not two, three times six man of the year emphasized the notion that the way players live off the court and will impact their funds and endorsement opportunities. He says, quote, just understand you're under scrutiny at all times. Half of the job is who you are outside the court. That's why the John Morant shit so big. Everybody loves him. If he was a nobody, it would just be a blip on the screen. So moreover, my man Lou will recall the time he was in Philadelphia for that coat drive and he Spearheaded one with Mick, with Mick Mill and it saved him from an armed robbery. He talked about he donated a bunch of money, over $10,000, uh, purchased coats, gloves, a U-Haul, everything. And then he said he told his security they could go home and have the night off. And a burglar tapped on his car window and told him to get out the car. And then rather than getting out, he just rolled down his window and he said <laughs> the N-word looked at me and said, oh, man, I can't even do it to you, bro. You do too much for my community. Wow. He didn't rob me because of that co-drive, Lou Will said, right? So that's an interesting story right there that the man just spared his life because he's like, you're trying to do good. 
damn, you know what that says about how that man feels about himself? Forget about Lou Will because he's like, wow, basketball stars, wow, man in the community, a great heart. He's saying, damn, I'm only trying to get the bad ones out here or the people I don't know because I don't know myself. And what I do know of me is bad. That's the mirror reflection of that moment right there. That's sad, bro. That's real sad. All right. So additionally, uh, man, he talked about his post-polygamous relationship, his past, I should say, polygamous relationships with the women being the mothers of his children. He assured them that um, the relationship had been going on for a long time before social media found out. And once the news became public knowledge, the misdirected narrative and constant attention eventually led to his demise. Big Bank, who he was getting interviewed with, was curious to how the three-way encounter worked out. Freak, nasty. <laughs> nah, he ain't like that. He said, man, that shit expensive. <laughs> Everything coming twos. It sound good, but that shit expensive. That's what Lou Will said. He said, to the youngsters out there, keep your nose clean, mind your business. That's been very beneficial to me. Staying out of shit, that don't got nothing to do with me. All right. Now, Lou Will really took it hard when he became Lemon Pepper Barbecue Lou. <laughs> During COVID, during the bubble, when he was excused for an absence to go to a funeral on the way back to the bubble, decided to go to Magic City strip club to go get some wings because the food bangs there. I will attest to it. Bang, bang. If you could get over the mental image of like, wow, it's a lot of oil and booty juice everywhere. And then all of a sudden I'm about to have some juice on my wings and that ain't the same juice. Uh, Right. So it took me a second to. When I was in Dallas, even way before this, I was like, damn, I ain't going to no strip club for the food. Then I took a bite. I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, I am. I was like, damn. I was like, y'all country out here eating food at the damn strip club. That's nasty. So I took a bite. It was amazing. All right. So I get it. But he also just re- realized, he realized that that was the smartest move. And some would say that leaving the bubble and doing that during quarantine wasn't the smartest move. I think it's affected how people look at him, obviously, but more Maybe some of the opportunities and bringing them in, maybe not. But it just seemed like my image and reception of him kind of changed in perception after that moment. Um, But what I loved about this story was just he just kept it simple. Like two things. One, damn, he got he got spared because he's a good dude. He's done good in the community. But two, this whole polygamous relationship. And look. Read the Old Testament, old book, old time. Like, stop, y'all. Stop acting like people didn't used to do this. And, you know, we've been uh, socially trained to one woman, one man. And that shit looking hard as hell, ain't it? Look at the divorce rate. <laughs> y'all out here tripping. Uh, but he was talking about how difficult that was, really how expensive it was. But also just the family dynamics. I wonder how the kids feel about that, right? Like shared experiences, because it, it could be traumatic, Um you know, I have four kids, but it's two different mothers, right? One, my wife now, and one, my ex-fiance, who was never my wife. And I'm sure if I dive into the dungeon of my daughter, that's still painful because I know she cries at times. And I know we cry at times when we discuss just how we didn't have all of our time together. It's amazing that the only currency these kids really want is just time, presence. How do they spell love? Kids spell love, T-I-M-E. They don't spell it like we do, L-O-V-E. They spell it T-I-M-E, right? And that's real. So through all his endeavors, through all his adventures, and Lou Will's a monster, beast, great dude, big heart, baller. Just hope that those kids are getting their love. I mean, they're T-I-M-E. All right, let's get to Jonathan Majors. Man, damn, what's going on with this case right here? Woo, Jonathan Majors went through it and still going through it, man. After now, former Yale classmates accuse him of toxic, abusive behavior. 
first of all, let me just say this. I hate y'all. Not because of what y'all said about Johnson Major. Y'all went to Yale. Let me stop. <laughs> Got to have a little levity, right? Sucker. Columbia on top. Nah, Yale in, in, in reputation. They go Harvard, Yale, Princeton. And then you start getting into a fight, <laughs> but they just got something like it's a different mystique. I, I, whatever. I, I, I guess I'm keeping it to 100, but ain't no better school than Columbia in New York City. And we Ivy League. Stop playing. Stop playing. But here I hate these guys for real already. <laughs> Let me just tell you, you got to go back to college to talk about a dude that got into an incident 10, 20 years later. Rolling Stone, shame on y'all. Classmates, shame on y'all. And real shame on y'all once y'all hear what I'm about to tell y'all. So they released a report that the industry is now in a frenzy about, right? In the report, the outlet claims they interviewed over 40 people, including some previous friends and classmates, who say they knew Majors personally as a grad student and witnessed some of his previous relationships. I love Intel, but I also, like, always question motive. Like, yo ass ain't even cool with him no more, and you're going to tell all the stuff y'all used to do. But not to, not tell them what you used to do to make the y'all. Because if you know all this, where were you? Either you were jock sniffing. He ain't even a jock. What do you call it? Axe, axe sniffing. <laughs> he was axe sniffing. Thespian sniffing. Steph sniffing. I don't know what the hell you call jocking uh, actors. But either that or you were down with it. Mm, people never say that in the damn articles, right? So many of the 40 people from this report described him as a complicated, unpredictable, and sometimes violent man who can switch from charming to cold in a flash. Well, I hope so. Maybe he was on stage. <laughs> Let me stop. I mean, it's like there. You better be able to switch personalities if you're an actor of that magnitude. But let's get into the article before I give you my opinions. So all of the sources for the report requested anonymity. There we go. Oh, and y'all granted it too, citing fear of career repercussions and personal retribution from majors. Some claim they were prohibited from speaking. My only response can be that I'm silenced by NDA. He had me sign, says one person who worked with majors. Okay, so you got signed by NDA, but you still going to say you got silenced by NDA? Shouldn't the NDA say you can't even say you signed the NDA? Woo! What world we live in. I got so much trouble on my mind. Refuse to lose. Bam. Oh, I can't stand people sometimes. In the Rolling Stone report, they said nine people told them that Majors allegedly choked one of his previous girlfriends and she tried to leave him. But he exploited his power in a relationship to prevent her from leaving him. It was pervasively known that he was a good actor and that he all, pervasively known. That's a, You ain't go to Yale. That's a bad use of that, that phrase. Right. There. And that he also would terrorize the people that he had dated. One anonymous source stated. What relationship are you in in college that you exploit your power in a relationship that prevents them from leaving? You such the man that she can't leave because you just such the man. Like they didn't say like he beat her down or nothing like that or put a gun like he exploited his power in the relationship to prevent her from leaving him. Or the way I read that is. He was so fresh, girl, I put up with his bullshit, whatever that could be. And it could be nothing, just normal relationship stuff. I don't know, and you won't tell me who you are so I can find out who and what you know. Oh, my God, good Lord. Why am I so worked up over this? I'll tell y'all later. All right, so this is some BS, man. My daughter, I wish my daughter would say, Daddy, I stayed in a relationship. Why? You love them that much? No. He exploited his power over me. What power? <laughs> what power did he touch you no well what power he's just a man oh god let's go to 
I did a bad job. All right. So they also cited regarding his dating relationships, really extreme physical abuse, emotion, emotional torture, manipulation, volatility, and being controlling. Without your name on this, I'm just reading this. Okay. So without your name on it, man, it's, it's tough, man. You don't give him a chance to fight back. So it's just tough. I'm sorry. I would love to believe you. I would love to. But if you can't own it, like my coaches just say, names and numbers. If you're going to talk good about us, hide. If you're going to talk bad about it, step out and say your name and number and set and talk about the names and numbers you're talking about. Be direct. If you're talking about somebody bad, direct. If you're talking good, do what you want to do. You can hide. You can say, and honestly, he's the best player ever. I get that. I hate when people do this. All right. So, quote, Jonathan Majors vehemently denies Rolling Stone's false accusations that he physically, verbally, blah, 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 emotionally from his lawyer. Of course. But that's lawyer talk, right? These allegations are based entirely on hearsay. I give you that because neither of the romantic partners referenced were willing to engage with Rolling Stone for the article demonstrating their outright falsity. Yeah, I'm with you so far. Others that were interviewed said that Majors has a reputation of being aggressive in the workplace with involvement in physical altercations and concerning treatment of his production crew, including physical intimidation, uncomfortable verbal aggression, and uncomfortable verbal aggression. That's another one. And screaming at him. All right, maybe he did, maybe he did. I don't know. But being an asshole is not the same thing as going back to Yale and finding people who won't put their name on it say you used to abuse them. That ain't the same thing. I have seen some assholes, though. <laughs> working in media, working in the league. Oh, I see. Oh. But I should say and. I shouldn't even say but. They take it. <laughs> like One, they give it, and then two, they take it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like dog, ain't a job alive, but I understand you got to eat. But ain't a job alive you're going to get undressed like that. And be naked and working. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't put up with it. But I'm not an asshole. So I'm already sympathetic to the other guy. But I'm also realistic. Like he needs this job, obviously. Because why in the hell you let this dude yell at you like that? And then the cats that I know that act like that, I don't really know long. <laughs> I don't hang with cats like that. But the times when we were in that moment or after that moment, I'm like, hey, dog, that ain't it. I told my boy this about a couple months ago. I was like, he brought some dude around just rude. Like just rude. Saying dumb stuff. Like, all girls from Atlanta are uh, are ratchet. I'm like, what are you, eight years old? Like, what have you been watching? What are you, like, what the, what kind of dumb stuff? And then, so I feel dumb because I'm with him and you brought him here. I didn't ask this dude to come here. So then when he do something dumb or these girls get mad or they start fighting or they call their cousins and brothers because this dude embarrassing them or insulting them, guess who going to catch a stray? Me. Guess who shouldn't? Me. Therefore, I'm checking you and I'm telling you, my boy, don't ever do that again. But I'm checking you first. Hey, bro, that ain't it. That ain't it. Get get wiser. Get more intelligent, you dummy. All right. Anyway, back on this topic right here. Um, everyone who's worked with Mr. Majors knows that he employs an immersive method acting style. Don't hide behind the method acting, damn it. That's when the camera's on. No, actually, it's not. It's all the time. Them suckers. The method actors. You're like, dog, you all right? I'm in role. I'm in role. <laughs> and while that can be misconstrued as rudeness at times, those who know Mr. Majors and work in the industry have attested to his dedication to his craft as well as his kindness. God, this case is all over the place, right? Oh, man. It's crazy, man. The charges are piling up. Uh, people are talking without fear of repercussions and consequences, and we believe them? No, not me. I'm the jury. Put me on the jury, sir. First of all, I'm looking there, I'm like, Hmm. Have you talked to him in the last 10 years, 20 years? No. Okay. Did you bring any of this up when it was happening? No. Why? Well, fear of repercussion because he was the man on campus. Popularity contest is the, is the consequence. Like, 
Man, don't let these kids get away with no retroactive hate for somebody. Hell no. Oh, man. And then the the NDA you signed, and then you said, I can't talk because I signed the NDA. I think he need to find out. All right, first of all, this is going to be – I'm his lawyer right now. Um, you got to find out how many NDAs you've had signed. I hope it ain't that many. Um, but it could be because, you know, you're having a lot of sex and you're a big star and you're like, look, girl, you got to sign this. But get the number. And then let's interrogate. Let's let's because I know in there they got clauses that say if anyone says that they signed the NDA, guess what? I'm about to get paid and then start charging them. Somebody going to put their name to this, because if not, all the other people will be like, don't sue me. I didn't say it. And they're going to force that person out. That's how you get them. Choke the air out of it. Yep. You better do it, because if not, I, I mean, look, if he did it, he did it. But if he didn't, he didn't. And let the boy live. But God dang. They are digging. How you going to dig so much for a cab ride incident that supposedly she was hitting him and then he did he hit her back? Or I don't know. And then the police is all over the place with the, the incident report. Like, just stay there. We ain't got to go back to when he was in elementary school. <laughs> oh, this world, this world, this world. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we finish every show. We finish it with a Wiley-ism. Yeah. Air your problems so you don't have to. Where your problems? Ah, all the married men in the house make some noise. Yeah. All the married ladies in the house, let me hear you scream. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, this marriage 101. Air your problems so you don't have to wear your problems. I've seen a lot of marriages and a lot of them dissolve and end and don't go well because somehow, some way, they don't like to engage in battle. Like in the moment, I told you my boy, my boy, Jabari was like, dog, one time he tapped me on the shoulder, dog, stall her out. I was like, no, first of all, you sit your divorced ass down. <laughs> I don't need your advice, fool. Second of all, um, dog, this is how I do it. I'm not, I'm not about to let something fester so I can explode on my wife. She going to know right there, baby. Mm-mm. And she go, and then she do it to me, baby. Mm-mm. This morning she checked me. I was mad too. She was like, um, is there any reason why you left the green trash can outside to keep the gate ajar? And I was like, no. And she's like, oh. And then so me, my ego, like, yo, won't you get back? Like, balance this out. I said, baby, um, did you close it? And she was like, no. I didn't know why you had it open. I was like, you didn't text me? Because in our house, we text. We <laughs> right in the next room, we text each other. Um, and I was like, why didn't you text me? And I could have told you right, right quick, like, yo, close it. Oh, I was in a rush. I didn't want to do it. I was like, oh. Now, she won that case. She won that that back and forth. But still, we went back and forth that quick. And now we kissing, smiling. She's spinning. She upstairs with the itty-bitties. That's life. Move on. It took her a while to get there, though, because she wasn't used to this. Because I'm always used to this. My family, we confront. You know what I'm saying? Everybody passing the greens. Oh, okay. Everybody over there passing the mac and cheese. Oh, that's great. Oh, what'd you say? Her. Like, party. DJ, stop the music. What'd you say? And I grew up that way. We saying what you say in that moment. Not like with beef, but just what did you say? Then if we hear it correctly, what did you mean by that? Then if we know what you meant and we heard you correctly, what's up? (laughs) We disagree. Let's talk. (laughs) People think it doesn't work in the short term, but it works for the long term. I have amazing relationships. The best friends I was talking about, second grade, high school and college. I got OG homies and I kick it with everybody else, but I'm talking about my best. Like I'm just that once from me from the beginning is still with me to the end. Cause I'm going to tell them in the moment, Hey dog, stop playing. So all you guys out there, man, you got any issues, man, y'all got to get y'all, y'all, y'all moments, right? Stop letting stuff build up and fester. And then you start wearing it. 
And then you start being passive aggressive. And then you start not talking to people and being short. All that because you just didn't tell this fool, shut up. Or don't bring that knucklehead around me again. You think I was going to leave that party that night and not tell him? Don't ever bring this little dude around me again unless he, he wisens up and matures. If not, I'm going to be the one over here. You ain't got to call your cousin and brother, girl. I'm here. <laughs> I don't like people like that. So air your problems so you don't have to wear your problems. Wow. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to it is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. The show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcellus Wiley, Paul Anderson, and Nick Pinella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wiley's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.